Oh, let's break it down. It is April 16th. You are listening to the Let's Break It Down podcast. We believe your best possible source for Overwatch League news, but we're a biased opinion. <laughs> it's Lemmings. I have with me Jay Will, a stellar human being. We are both very passionate about the Overwatch League. How are you doing, my man? Doing pretty well, buddy. Hanging in there, making it through another week. Think, I think it's going to be a good close to the week. I, uh, I have to go into the office, but I know Friday a lot of people are taking off for Easter weekend. So I'm kind of excited about that because those are usually the best days to be in the office. Certainly a lot more freedom. I don't have to worry <laughs> about that. My office is at home. Jerk. You can frequently find me there in a pair of basketball shorts and a t-shirt doing mad work. <laughs> oh, God. If, if only. I keep joking with my boss whenever we do some sort of uh, attire adjustment. Like, you can, we can wear jeans now every day. We don't have to worry about anything. Wear jeans every right. day. He asks, you know, to make sure to wear a polo. And I go, so what about dress sweatpants? Which is actually a thing. I looked it up. <laughs> they make dress sweatpants that look like dress pants. And she was like, absolutely not. I keep joking with her, though. My, my sweatpants are classy. They're not raggy. They're not like I go outside and mow the lawn in them. They look nice. I'm just trying to get them to work now. You heard it here first. Sweatpants for working. I like it. I'm a fan. Let's get comfortable. Should be, you, be you know, comfortable. That's exactly right. If you don't have, if you don't have, you know, external client meetings or something like that, if it's just, if it's just you at a desk sitting there typing away, then let's 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 make it comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned before, you're listening to the Let's Break It Down podcast. This show is all about taking a look into the the week that's coming up, and for us on this show, that's going to be Stage Two Week three which will be taking place on april 18th 19th 20th and 21st today is april the 16th i'm not sure when you'll be getting this exactly as soon as lemmings gets off his butt and edits everything <laughs> but hopefully uh, all those dates will keep you in the know as to what we're talking about and you won't punish us too bad for things that happen after we record I know you can't tell whether or not you've liked this content yet, but our intro was pretty fantastic, and I think based on that, you should be able to subscribe to this podcast. You can do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Play. You should absolutely be following us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Break It Down OWL. We keep it pretty lively during the games, except for the late games, because we're Eastern Time, and at some point at you know 1:30 in the morning i just really can't make a good tweet about some of the games that are happening so <laughs> yeah you lose your creative vision it at that gets point to a point man you know it's just oh somebody's trying to play 3-3 against vancouver again what a shock <laughs> <laughs> but again that tag is at break it down owl you can connect directly with brian at jwill2287 and if you have any comments questions concerns feedback reviews that you don't necessarily want to leave on a public platform. Or if you have any business inquiries, send it to us. Break it down, OWL at gmail.com. And now that all that is out of the way, I would like to cover some news. I've got you on my radar. Thank you very much, Farah. We appreciate that intro. The first thing that we need to talk about is that the Shanghai main tank, Fearless, has left the Shanghai Dragons and gone back down to, I believe, I might get this wrong, the Chinese contenders team, Team CC. I'll have to double-check that. But uh, He is a Korean main tank player, and for me, J-Will, this was Gamsu's here, writing on the wall. They're moving on from me, so I'm going to go somewhere I can actually play. 
wasn't this kind of his doing though? Because he was the one who left the team right before the season started. So that that left Shanghai in a position where they had to go out and make a move. Luckily, Boston was more than willing to move on from Gamsu. We've seen the results of that. That's worked out for both sides realistically. Right. So it's kind of your own fault. If you're saying I saw the writing on the wall, you were, you were lined up to be the main tank player. And then before the season started, you just took a leave of absence. Right. With, I believe no explanation. I don't remember hearing or seeing any sort of explanation for why it was happening. And there was questions then about whether he would ever rejoin the team. Yeah. And looking around for details for this trade, I didn't find anything that mentioned why he had been on that absence, the, excuse me, the leave of absence. Or, or why that's now over or anything like that. So, I, you know, I don't know if we'll ever know. But, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, kind of pulled the trigger on yourself. You left the team. They found somebody in in arguable case better than you. And, and here you go. You go down back down to contenders. But as we've seen, teams are picking apart contenders teams. So if you go down there and improve yourself, you, know, you could be back in the Overwatch League. All right, I have one. This piece of news... I think can can garner some discussion for us. So Yang Jianlong recently made it to the United States, but he's been a Chengdu, he's been a rostered Chengdu player since the beginning of the league. He just kind of started to make his debut, had a little junk rat on Anubis and some other things. But he was fined one month's salary for an inappropriate comment on Twitch. Now I may get the quote a little bit wrong, but I believe, so Yang Jianlong is in someone else's chat. I believe it's the player's name is Aspen in someone else's Twitch chat and says that Aspen, the streamer is someone else's second wife. Hmm. So he is fined a full month's salary and also a bonus that he would have received for playing during stage two in Overwatch League second uh, in in this season. And they said that if he makes a similar mistake in the future that the punishment is going to be doubled. So Jay will I have a lot of of unpacking I kind of want to do here because on the one hand, they had a lot of problems with Twitch last year and Twitch chat and streaming and comments and things like that that are on on Twitch, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of Overwatch League streamers that get the popularity, they get obviously the FaceTime through Overwatch League, and Twitch is the next reasonable you know step to take if you want to make you know, a little bit of money on your own outside of the Overwatch League. So they spend a lot of time on Twitch. They had a lot of problems last year. XQC got essentially boloed right on out of the league for basically his Twitch his Twitch behavior at the end of the day. But I, I want to ask you a question. First of all, is saying I I have to assume in a joking manner, and even the streamer kind of awkwardly laughs it off as like, oh, he's such a joker. Things don't come through in Twitch. Your intention doesn't come through in a chat, obviously. But is saying, oh, you are someone else's wife, second, or you are someone's second wife, is that a full month's salary? Like, punishment? I'm going to say no. And that's just, I, I don't know the circumstances behind it. I don't know what they've been told behind the scenes by Blizzard. I don't know anything other than the fact that they have made a sincere effort to crack down on chat. And they have made a sincere effort to crack down on a lot of things involving cheating and account boosting, et cetera, et cetera. So their oversight right now is absurd. I think they're going a little too far when you're invading people's private chats within their own streams. That's a problem to me. I actually don't think that is where they should be. If they want to 
monitor that their own chat during their own streams, that is okay. Yeah. So if this had been said during a match being played inside of the Overwatch League Twitch stream, I'm cool. Punish that. Whatever you believe, the correct severity of punishment, whatever. Right. I'm okay. But now we're talking, this is a private stream. To me, that's not your place. Get out of there. That is up for the person who's running the stream and owns the stream to determine whether they want that person back or not. And this seems like this is actually Chengdu making the decision. I mean, again, we're not behind the scenes, so I don't know if Overwatch is kind of forcing their hand or tossing the rule book at them. But it, this is the Chengdu hunters are enforcing the punishment, and it's you know, and they're making the comments saying the punishment's going to be doubled. So this is a choice that they're making. And see, this is the equivalent to me of my job, who still has quite a bit of oversight on on me. Uh, I can't talk about certain things that happen at my place of business, but. I still have a private life and I can still say things in my own opinion and in my own areas. This would be like them coming to me saying, Hey, we found what you put on Twitter and it may not be related to the job at all. It could just be something I said to a totally random person they know nothing about, but this is like them coming and saying, we're going to put you on administrative leave without pay. And, and to me, I mean, that depends on the severity, right? If you go yeah. on Twitter and you make, you know, a blatantly racist, sexist, you know, discriminatory comment, and it's it's big and it's blasted and, you know, it's awful, I can understand work being a little bit concerned about that because that speaks to your mental capacity, right? <laughs> right. Right. It's 2019, you know, you got to clean that stuff up. But if it's like, I guess at this point, you know, and I understand Overwatch League certainly prides itself on being as diverse as possible, and I applaud that. and and obviously, you know, but to me, I struggle seeing the super discriminatory. I mean, it's awkward, sure, super awkward. But I just don't. I don't know. A month and and a, a month's salary and and a, a bonus. bonus. Yeah, it's it's severe to say the least for what the for what we know happened. And at the end of the day, I don't think it should have been punishable anyway. So I mean, Leonard Fournette. A running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> may not be overly applicable to you, but just got arrested for speeding and driving on a suspended license. He's going to get a slap on the wrist, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's just that. One month's salary for the NFL is nothing compared yeah. to what we're talking about these kids making in Overwatch League. So this is severe to them. Maybe they're just trying to set a precedent. Maybe they're trying to set a standard saying, you know, when you do these kind of things, this is what – could happen to you too. But you shouldn't, you shouldn't turn, have but... to go onto a public platform and, and constantly fear for Big Brother watching your every. No, no. And that's why I say this shouldn't have been punished. Yeah. I am fully on, on board with this should not have been punished. This is not your place. Get out of it. I'm just saying maybe that was their line of thinking. Obviously, because they were going to get in there and they were going to have oversight of it. This must be them trying to say, hey, we're going to make this severe enough to where it deters people in the future. All right, well, that's probably enough about Mr. Zhao Long's comments in Twitch chat, which means we get to move on to something that's pretty exciting. Look, the All-Star break is coming. So last year, season one, the All-Star break was after the end. I think they learned their lesson. I think they learned the lesson that uh, the NFL learned a long time ago but still hasn't been able to fix. I don't know is, that they have a fix for that. I don't know that they do either, but in this case – Overwatch League was able to fix it, and they moved the the All Star break in between stages two and three, which will be a nice break for the players and just a, a great time to have some fun with the game. 
And I think everyone will probably breathe a collective sigh of relief that there won't be that much three three played in the All Star break. <laughs> I'm gonna have to there, imagine. If I'm if I'm an, on an All Star roster, I'm talking to everybody saying, "Hey, everybody's expecting us to not play three three. Let's come out. Let's roll in three three and just troll <laughs> everyone." Trolls, trolls, trolls. All right, but the, uh, what that means is that All Star voting is currently active and it, it should be ending at the end of April. So twelve more days. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, pretty 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 close. It's you're only about a, a week and a half away. So the current Atlantic All Star team is comprised of Jonak, Arc, Carpe, Pine, Fusions, and Poco. And the current... let's just let's just stop there. I just want to okay. I just I want to address. Let's this get now. into it. Let's dive in. I, okay. I want to address this immediately. I'm sorry. If you have not played in a match, you should not be eligible to be an All Star. Simple as that. There needs to be some form of a hours, minutes played minimum, maps played minimum, something. Because there's no reason that somebody who hasn't even found his way onto stage should be in the All-Star discussion, let alone on a roster for All-Stars right now. Yes, I think, I mean, people are just thirsty for Pine to be on the stage. He was... Probably one of the most electric players from season one in terms of the plays that came out of that man on Widow. Just absolutely mind-boggling. I think people are a little bit starving for that in this this current 3-3. But I I 100% support that if you're being voted into the season two all-star game, match, week, however you want to put it, that you should have had an impact on your team in this season in this in these stages so far so i i concur yeah it bothers me this is honestly a problem with fan voting because a lot of people do just vote for their favorite players not necessarily who's the most deserving of being an all-star currently and there's no real way to regulate that from the league standpoint so i understand it's kind of the problem all the other professional leagues really do have when it comes to fan voting but i think that's why Fan voting is only half of the battle. They do a lot of league decisions for who is eligible for being an all-star or who gets to be an all-star starter versus who's coming off the bench. And the fans only get to do but so much of the the voting and have but so much input on the whole thing. I This bothers me. It actually really irks me, even though I love Pine. For the Pacific team, you've got Jaehong, Ivital, Jinmu, Fleta, Gushue, and Ameng. Clearly, the people love the Hunters. <laughs> they sure do. I mean, absolutely a fun team to watch. I'm not sure if all three of those deserve to be exactly where they are, especially in a pretty strong Pacific division. And also notable on the Pacific division team is the complete and total lack of any Vancouver players For, at all. Forget that. You're not, you have Van, no Vancouver and no San Francisco players, dude. None Truth. whatsoever. Like, how are Super, Sinatra, and Bumper, potentially Twilight, Slime? I mean, you just go down the list of the Vancouver players at this point. Right. How, how are Sinatra nor Sinatra, or excuse me, how are neither Sinatra nor Super on that starting all-star roster? I am baffled at that. I'm irritated by it. Again, another problem with fan voting. So with all that being said, what we're trying to get you guys to do is go on and vote. <laughs> And vote, and vote for the people that we want, not the people. <laughs> vote for the people that we're telling you to vote for. <laughs> yes, our vote's the one that counts. We need you guys to start multiplying it. 
So, but seriously, go and vote for your players. However you define all-star, some people most electric, some people just fan favorite, some people most dominant at their, you know, at their position for the play that we've seen so far. That's probably how I do it, but go in there, vote for the people that you want to see having some fun. I mean, the all-star break or the all-star little game after after last season was more a series of different games and skills challenges and things like that. There was like the the widow 1v1s uh and so on and so forth and i can i can bet we'll see some of those there's definitely some great arcade modes that you can set up so i'm sure we'll find some of that good stuff so it's just a fun time and a chance for the players to stretch some different skills and do some different stuff and have a good time should be should be a blast for fans and players alike i'm gonna pose this though uh why not open it up and have more roster spots available to be all-stars out of curiosity why not have some subs that's a great question and i think one that we should uh get answered we should get answered. Somebody tweet uh, tweet at the league. We'll tweet at the league, but they're pretty good at ignoring us. I've hit them up a couple <laughs> of times, but they don't seem to be paying attention. <laughs> I even gave them a good money-making idea. You did do that. I remember that one. And I would also like to remind everybody that next week, which is stage two, week four. Correct. Stage two, week four. They are the first set of home games. And these will be set in Dallas, Texas, in the United States. So if you are a resident of Dallas, Texas, or if you want to travel to Dallas, Texas, or can travel to Dallas, Texas, you should be logging in, getting your tickets, and going out to these games. I think the arena looks like an absolute blast in Los Angeles. I'd love to make it out there at some point. I thought uh, it would be really fun to be there for that battle, Los Angeles Gladiators versus Valiant. Yeah, if you're if you're haven't been able to make it out to the West Coast and this is a little bit more, you know, close to you or or you're more capable of making it to Dallas, get out there and uh watch your team and it will only be also of note, it will only be Saturday and Sunday. So it'll be the four matches on Saturday and the four matches on Sunday. So a slightly reduced workload. Definitely a reduced workload. Super excited for that portion of it. Get your tickets, get out there, enjoy it. The more people that show up to this thing, the more opportunities we're going to have for different locations in the future, even though we know that the uh, traveling circus is on its way, uh, season three, if I remember correctly. But if we can get people to show up to these things regularly, it'll start being a bigger and bigger event, and they'll start hosting it in bigger and bigger arenas, and they'll start building more arenas like they're building in Philly. And with the news out of the way... Zenyatta is going to be our guide on the way into the iris as we try and predict what's going to happen in stage two, week three. Pass into the iris. That's right. We have passed into the iris. He is keeping us alive on our journey. And that journey is going to begin with an absolute grudge match, something to settle between the New York Excelsior and the Philadelphia Fusion. Good matchup. Even though it went four last time, I know that that was a kind of a expected, I guess. I know you expected a stomping. I did. I more or less expected a stomping because I knew New York was not happy with how their playoffs ended. So that was not alarming to me. It's more alarming when Philadelphia plays poorly. But Philadelphia, historically, gives New York fits. It's a classic rivalry between New York City and Philadelphia, which is always a positive. We like rivalries in any sport. I... I'm still on board with New York being a far superior team with where the game is right now, and that's unfortunate. I would like to see this end up going five maps. I just don't believe it will. I think we're going to get more of the 4-0-3-1 result that we got last week. 
I'll call it a grudge match because correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Philly that ended up bowling. I keep saying bowling, and that's such an army term. Nobody's going to get it. That rolled New York Excelsior out of the grand final playoffs in season yes, one. Yes, that's right? exactly who beat them in the season one playoffs. So that's when well, it wasn't the first time they'd beaten New York. They, I can't remember if I want to say they beat them three or four times throughout season one. Yeah. Uh, so it was by far the best record anybody had against them. Uh, did not work out so far in season two. <laughs> right, right. Wasn't even close. But historically speaking, like I said, they have given New York fits. I just don't expect it to to happen in, in season two right now. Yeah, I'm gonna go with this season's history, and I'm gonna be taking the New York Excelsior as well. I think I made a lot of those thoughts clear in the last episode, so go listen to that. But <laughs> <laughs> but they're just yeah, as you mentioned, that New York Excelsior is just a better better equipped team to exist in this in this current stage. So they're gonna take it after the New York Excelsior thoroughly beat the Philadelphia Fusion. We're gonna be watching the San Francisco Shock take on the Toronto Defiant. I really don't think there's a whole lot of questions here. This is an easy lock for me, San Francisco. I think we found out a lot about what Toronto really is in week two. I think we all have come to a full realization that San Francisco Shock is just in that top echelon of teams, and there's no reason to believe that they won't be able to topple the Toronto pretty pretty handily right here. Yeah, we discussed this pretty pretty well, I believe, during the recap. There's just the top three, and then there's everybody else. Now there are like one or two other tiers in that everyone else section. But amongst those top three, which include Vancouver, New York, and San Francisco, you see them in a matchup and you just assume they're going to win unless they're playing one of each other. It's just the way it goes. Toronto headed the wrong direction, rapidly headed the wrong direction. I think they were a benefactor of their schedule in stage one. And now they're realizing that they cannot compete with the big boys and they're finding out, unfortunately, the hard way. And after that dismantling of Toronto, we'll be watching the Florida Mayhem get thoroughly dismantled by the <laughs> dismantled by the Los Angeles Gladiators. Yeah, apparently a lot of dismantling going on early in week three. Yeah, just 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 completely taken apart. Look here, I mean, here's the thing: Florida said, "I'm gonna go all Korean. We're gonna Korean leadership, Korean roster." And and they so they got rid of their Western core players, and then they really haven't brought anything else in. And then this new Korean leadership, this new Korean roster has also been unsuccessful against teams that aren't the greatest in the world. I mean, Florida played Paris last week. So, I mean, that's if, if it's a if it's a team that had improved and that this roster was improved, then that was a really good opportunity to show that. And they didn't. So I just I have no reason to believe that Florida has done anything or made any moves that have actually genuinely improved it. And we, we believe that the Gladiators are kind of vying for that that fourth, you know, they're in that fourth slot and they're they're kind of one of one of maybe two teams that I can see really vying for that to get into that upper echelon with, with the Vancouver, New York and, and San Francisco. So this is David versus Goliath and I'm I'm gonna go David here. Excuse me. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> hold the phone. If Whoa. you wanna lock that in, I'm gonna no, take that money. No, I'm not gonna lock that in. Goliath. <laughs> Look, Los Angeles Gladiators, Goliath, it's all the same thing, right? Right. I'm with you. Florida's just got too many things going on that they're still trying to sort out. They've, they're in disarray, unfortunately, which is sad coming off of season one. You wanted improved play, especially from the bottom teams. You got it from a couple, and you're not getting it from others, which is so irritating, especially for returning teams. 
the gladiators look so good. I, I really, I want to start making that top three, a top four. I need to see more from the gladiators though, over a longer, longer period of time. Their recency is what's keeping them out of that upper echelon of teams. Yeah. And gladiator has only being able to do Valiant at like two, one is kind of, mm, you know, I'm not worried about that for me. That's kind of like going into for, for myself personally, going into the Duke UNC matchups. It doesn't matter how good one team is or how bad the other team may be. They're always epic. Every last one of them, they, the records get thrown out the window. They don't matter. It doesn't matter how good, how bad you were playing at that specific time. You're ready for this matchup, and you're going to come compete every time you have it. So yeah. I, I'm i not too surprised that it was a 2-1. And like we said, Los Angeles Valley is just not as bad as they've been looking thus far. And we will move on from that match into Vancouver, taking on the Dallas Fuel. And I told Jay Will, I said, you know, hey, look, this is probably, I mean, this is one of the more intriguing matchups here. Dallas definitely on the rise with a slightly different roster, kind of locked in now. And Vancouver, I mean, they are who we think they are, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> dominant. This is intriguing because if, I think from my perspective, if you can get this to like 3-2 as Dallas Fuel, then that really means something to me. I mean... Certainly, if you if you win, obviously, I'm not I'm not expecting it. I'm not picking it. It's going to be Vancouver. But if you if you're able to win, that's that's huge indication as to as to your new team. But I think even if you can get this to three two and just really genuinely look competitive in the match overall, like it's not a it's not a complete raffle snopping, then you know that means Dallas are 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 certainly on that rise and they're starting to be able to compete with the big boys. More or less, one of those prove it matchups, right? Dallas is playing better. They look good with note. If you can come out and look the same way you have looked with note, which obviously was two matches, but they matter. If you can continue to look as good as you have while playing Vancouver, win or lose, you know, you belong now, you know, that you're in one of those top five, six spots within the league and you're going to be there long for the long term. So I'm picking Vancouver as well. I do have a sneaky suspicion that Dallas could give Vancouver a real scare here. If 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 they get four would here, what is? I mean, that kind of tells me maybe a scheduling benefit because week one, week two was Toronto and Paris, right? So is that is that scheduling? So if you get four would here, is that okay? Scheduling. It for me, it's not even going to be if you get four would. If San Francisco got three one by them, but we knew that match wasn't a three one score. Mm-hmm. It's just. Are you taking these into time bank? Are you taking these into epic overtime battles where one play decides it? Or are you getting raffle stomped like we've talked about? Are you getting rolled over? Are you giving up points in under 60 seconds? Those are the kind of things that I'm more or less looking for as opposed to the result. The 4-0 on paper looks bad, but if you're not watching the matchup and seeing how the game is being played, then what does that 4-0 really mean? Right. We will find out, and then we will get to go on to Friday, and we will get to continue the New York Excelsior's easy clap on the way through Stage 2. <laughs> and they're going to be taking on the Atlanta Reign, uh, a team that we have put on the on the choo-choo train to destruction and just not looking good, not being able to integrate Baby Bay yet. Uh, that that Him filling into DeFran's spot hasn't played out yet. I'm not willing to call that it's been completely unsuccessful, but you are at least three matches in, so you've had some time to be there. Um, And then, you know, New York Excelsior, just an absolutely dominant team. So New York Excelsior for me, and we're moving on. 
Yeah, uh, spoiler alert, I'm picking New York the rest of the stage. Just FYI to anybody who cares. <laughs> Atlanta, you there's just there's so many things to figure out. The roster changed two days before the stage. There was no way it was going to get pieced together in two weeks. The next match will be Philadelphia taking on the Houston Outlaws. <sighs> Our poor I know, Outlaws. Man. I know, I know. Our poor, poor Outlaws. I know, it's so hard. They make it so hard. They really do. I, I'm waiting for the day where we can just go into a match and go, yeah, we're going to win. Anyway, uh, you taking Philadelphia. I mean, you, just, you can't even do that. You, you can't. Can, it, could be, it could be Washington on the other side of this match, This this little our little spreadsheet of matches and things. And it just doesn't matter. It's like, they could I, lose. They could lose. You don't know. I guess I'm talking more like season three at this point. Like, get to a, a place where our roster is just dominant and they prove it every week. Yes. And then we can just go into a match and be like, yeah, we're going to win this. We'll just, you know, yeah. sit back and enjoy. Because we can't do that ever right now. Like, you look at each match and be like, well, we could lose. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, it could be Washington on the other side. It could be Florida on the other side of this. And it's like, there's a chance they might lose. A serious chance, which is the frustrating part. <laughs> and so if my confidence is that shaken in the Houston Outlaws, I see no reason to pick against it, and I'm going to be taking Philly. I'm going to take Philly as well, even though Philly has moments where they get ins- inconsistent and play down, and Houston has the ability to play up to their t- opponents. I just don't see it happening still. I'm assuming they're going to try to play into a 3-3, and they'll just get outplayed. Yeah, not here, not now, which will take us into the battle at the bottom of the barrel. And it's going to be the Los Angeles Valiant taking on the Washington Justice. So this match is not intriguing, but it is. It did give me a little pause, a little hesitation. It's like who who's worse of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, from our from my perspective, I think it's pretty easy. Washington are still completely figuring out how to play in the Overwatch League at all. The Los Angeles, Los Angeles Valiant have that capability. Obviously, they got a match off Atlanta last week. And then they fought really hard against the Los Angeles Gladiators and a rising team. So, I mean, they have the talent. They just haven't been able to translate it on the stage. And this is going to be another opportunity to show that they're not all the way down in the bottom. I think with having the pressure released from trying to pick up that first win, I think you'll see the Valiant be a little more assertive when they play. They're a better roster than Washington's. So I'm going to pick the Valiant. I don't foresee this being too big of a problem for them, but at least we know somebody's going to get their second win. And after somebody gets their second win, we're going to go into the battle of the Chinese Thunderdome. <laughs> ah, yes. We got two Chinese expansions teams. Expansions. Expansions yeah, well, teams. Yeah, what are you doing to me tonight, man? <laughs> they're actually just expansion teams. There's no, they're not plural there. But it is the Hangzhou Spark taking on the Guangzhou Charge. And this is another battle of who can kind of pull it out of the pits right now. So Hangzhou was able to get one of their first wins in a while last week against the Boston Uprising. And Guangzhou just really have not been able to get anything going at all. And it's been a six-game slide for them, and I'm going to pencil them in for a seven-game slide here. It's been worse than just a six-game slide. They are one in their last 23 maps, dude. One in 23. Whew. That's Which tough. is brutal. for a team that actually like had a not great record, but had a super strong map differential heading into the, the stage one playoffs. To be one in twenty three is just mind. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yes, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pun you real quick, and I don't believe this matchup will be electric. Heyo, <laughs> so, Yeah, yeah, I 
just thought about that. Really, I haven't been sitting here for the last two minutes coming up with that. But I will take Hangzhou. Until Guangzhou gets their act together, I see no reason to even remotely come close to picking them in a matchup right now. Yeah, for them, it's kind of you, you got to win in stage two before I can right? win or just, you know, <laughs> look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. It's actually pretty frustrating because, I mean, watching some of their matches at length, it, it I don't, and you even asked me this in the, the Fan the Hammer in the last episode, what do you do to improve it? And I was genuinely trying to find that thing. I was trying to, you know, pinpoint, okay, it's super weak tank play. It's super weak support play, uncoordinated ults, bad ult economies. They're throwing things in weirdly it's it's hard for me to pick out i'm not the greatest analyst of a, of a game i mean i like to think i'm getting better at it but it's hard for me to pick out what exactly is going wrong with the guangzhou charge but whatever it is until they fix it i'm gonna be picking against you <laughs> fair enough and that leads us into saturday which is kicking off with i think one of the the more intriguing matchups i mean who knows it could be a 4-0 in someone's favor but it's going to be london taking on boston and this one certainly gave me a lot of hesitation when it came down to picking picking it out. But at the end of the day, here's here's my case for why I'm taking London in this matchup. I do believe the meta tweaked favorably for the London fuel. <laughs> the London fuel. Wow, Jeez. put that one in the jar. It's late night right now. <laughs> the London Spitfire. I believe it tweaked favorably for them. Uh, I believe being able to get Bird Ring back and involved in the team has meant a lot to that team for a team that complete was built almost entirely around him and his success in season one. Him coming back is is a good thing. And I do like Boston. I think Boston is pretty strong. But Boston's another one of those teams where you know, we asked what the ceiling for Vancouver is outside of the 3-3. I think they're just a really talented team all around. Maybe a better question would be, what's the ceiling for Boston outside of the 3-3? They have shown a lot of reluctance to get out of it. Uh, obviously, you have Fusions. He's such a strong tank that you want to build compositions around that. We've seen a little bit of bunker from them, but you know where where can they go if New York or if London forces them into Whoa. something something else? That is a really good question. Actually, where can they go? And they haven't shown a lot of what they can possibly do outside of 3-3. Fusions, I don't see having any issues in a different composition. He does a pretty good job of playing Reinhardt. Well, he does a really phenomenal job, excuse me, playing Reinhardt. He does a pretty decent job playing Winston. And I think he's a capable wrecking ball. So I don't think you have a problem with your main tank in those regards. The issues you're going to have are, what are we going to do around that? What are our DPS players really going to play? What are our supports going to play? And that's where the questions start coming in for that roster. I don't think London has those same questions. In fact, their questions are, how are we going to fit into the 3-3 with what we do have available? And slowly but surely, they've started to come on and get that act together in the 3-3. And now you're saying, hey, there are also things you can do outside of the 3-3. So I, I like where Bo or London is headed. I'm going to take London over Boston in this matchup. Boston still has an opportunity to look strong and continue to prove that they belong in that top eight range. The following matchup is going to be the Shanghai Dragons taking on the Florida Mayhem. This is kind of a Guangzhou charge situation for me. You got to win a map in stage two or win a game, excuse me, in stage two before I'm going to pick you. No, you were uh, right. Win a map. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> win a map. I think they get one. They got a three and one, I think. Florida does. Uh, Guangzhou has not won a map, though. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so uh, it's going to be Shanghai Dragons for me. I don't think there's any risk here of like a trap game or anything. Uh, you know, 
Shanghai proved that they could step up against Chengdu, and, and Chengdu runs some odd compositions and things. So I, I think no matter what Florida's going to throw at them, Shanghai should be ready for it. This is going to have to be Shanghai's week to get themselves into playoff consideration for the stage. They've got sure. a two. They've got a two zero this week, and you do it in a pretty strong fashion. So they certainly need to four zero against Florida, get that map differential up, and then have a good showing on Sunday against Houston. So I'm taking Shanghai. I expect them to win this. Florida is just not very good. I Shanghai has the talent. They just haven't been able to translate it consistently right now from scrimming to stage play. And once they're able to turn that on, I think a lot of teams are going to be surprised by how, how much trouble Shanghai gives them, and Shanghai is going to start to pick off more and more teams. Next up, we have our first difference in our match picks. And so this is going to be the Dallas Fuel taking on the Seoul Dynasty. And I'm going to lay out my case for Seoul here real quick. Go for which it. Is, I, I, this is... I do like Dallas. I like where they're going. I like where they're going as a roster, as a as a team, having finding that success. But they proved that success against um, kind of a falling Paris team and a Toronto team that I think is that we've kind of figured out maybe isn't as good as we as the stage one playoff appearance indicates. So this is my opportunity to kind of say, okay, we've had Seoul up there. Seoul has a tendency to be able to knock down some pretty hefty teams. I mean, obviously we saw them take down New York Excelsior in the stage one playoffs. So they have that opportunity to step up to the plate and play with the big people. And I don't think Dallas is a big people yet. So <laughs> so that's why I'm going to be taking Seoul in this one. I think, I think they can. And in this case, I think they should take this match. I believe Dallas is clearly the better team in this matchup. I think they'll have a good showing against Vancouver. I really think they have actually a good chance of upsetting them, to be honest with you, even though we're both picking Vancouver. I don't think they're going to have much trouble with Seoul. If you go back to their matchup in Stage 1, everybody thought it would be a little closer. I know people were picking Seoul and Dallas. Dallas came out and just steamrolled Seoul. I think Dallas has got their number right now. I think they're better in the 3-3, and with the addition of Note, they'll be better in any alternate composition as well. So we'll get a great opportunity to figure out which way these match picks are going. But then we'll go into one where I think it's a pretty easy lock for both of us. It's going to be the Los Angeles Gladiators taking on the Chengdu Hunters. Chengdu Hunters coming off of a loss against Shanghai, a pretty convincing loss against Shanghai. And the Los Angeles Gladiators continuing to to rise, continuing to pull their shields up. After yeah, they, they were on the ground for a while. Yeah, they were on the ground there in stage one. We put we told them to put their shields down in stage one, but I think you get to pick. You certainly have them picked back up, and and now you're kind of forming your own little phalanx here with the gladiators. But you know, Chengdu for all their fun and being able to watch and having a blast with some of the compositions. At the end of the day, it just doesn't work when it comes up against the the better teams, even looking competitive against Vancouver, but. It's still, it's just at the end of the day, it just doesn't seem to work. It doesn't seem to be able, you cannot put an odd a composition that's not quite as optimal as 3-3 in the current state of the game and then try to play that against a team that we believe is, is vying hard for that number four spot. So it's going to be the Los Angeles Gladiators for me. I have the Gladiators as well. This has more to do with the Gladiators than it does the Hunters. I really, really, truly believe Shanghai is just a bad matchup for, for Chengdu. And I believe they will 
show better in this matchup, but the Gladiators, I believe, are the superior team by a good distance. They are competing for that fourth overall spot right now. They're definitely one of the top six teams without a doubt. So I will be picking them, and I hope to see Chengdu get back to being the fun, exciting team to watch again. That wraps up Saturday. And so heading into Sunday, we're going to see Vancouver taking on Boston, which if memory serves me correctly, this is a stage one playoff rematch, correct? Correct. And I think my thoughts from from that stage playoff game are going to carry over into this one. Boston, a very 3-3 heavy team. Vancouver, a very comfortable 3-3 team. You are trying to play the better team's game. So you're trying to you're trying to say, look, Vancouver, we're going to beat you at 3-3. Nobody's been able to do it yet, up to and including the San Francisco Shock, who are pretty darn good at it. And so I believe this is Vancouver walking away. I've got Vancouver as well. Boston will, again, show well like they did in the playoffs. They're just not on the level with the Titans right now. And if you listened to last episode, you got a full monologue about why I'm very frustrated with the Houston Outlaws. And in this matchup, I'm going to be punishing them a little bit <laughs> and say, I'm going to be taking the Shanghai Dragons over the Houston Outlaws in our second and I believe only other map difference or match difference, excuse me. And I'm going to be taking the Shanghai Dragons because I have no idea what to do with the Houston Outlaws because they could come out and be really strong and then they're going to sub some people out and do something completely different and look bad at it and get behind in the match in the map and and lose it so or they could come out you know from the drubbing that they received from vancouver decide that they're they're gonna make the right choices and make the right subs and play the right players and it could work out great but i just don't know and and to date in this season they have proven that they are more willing to make changes for the negative when it comes to playing against teams and uh, so for that reason, I'm taking the Shanghai Dragons. All fair arguments. Houston's a very difficult team to trust right now in any matchup. I took Houston, and I'm only taking them because I think, and I'm hoping, hoping and praying, playing Shanghai will allow them to say, hey, we don't need to play 3-3, at least not as often. And they'll be able to play some more DPS lineups, which Shanghai will, I'm sure, be more than happy to play as well. I think Houston has the better players in those situations, though, which is why I'm playing Houston. This is purely a a a judgment call on what I believe would happen in the matchup with the compositions, more so than who is actually the better team right now. And after Lemmings is full on disappointment when Houston completely gets mind boggled by the Shanghai Dragons, we're going to be watching the Hangzhou Spark. Get demolished by the San Francisco Shock. <laughs> it's, it's sad to say, but that's just how big the gap is right now. Yeah. Joe has massive. so much talent, and they should be able to play and do the things that San Francisco has been doing. They just aren't. And it's so frustrating because this, on if you asked me this question about this matchup prior to what, week two of stage one, and you, you looked at it, you, you would have said this matchup has the potential A to go five maps and B to be epic. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have that right now. Not even close. Hangzhou would have to play out of their minds against San Francisco to get to map five, which they could. I There's nobody who's expecting that, though. There can't be. Not from me. I just don't. I mean, even Hangzhou Spark were 3-2 against Boston, and then it really even then didn't look that great. 
mm-hmm. say. I, I even kind of mentioned, I mean, you feel like you get a little bit of that new player smell with Crystal coming in, and at least you have some changes, so you breathe a little bit of, of fresher air. But, you know, you have a little tape on what Crystal's going to do and what what is what's capable and what the lineups they take when, when that player is in. So, I mean, San Francisco Shock is just, even in the fan the hammer, I put them in as the, the playoff winner. I just, in that stage one playoff, there was a time on Ilios when I had genuinely resigned myself to the fact that San Francisco Shock were going to win. And, you know, which is, I mean, I've been a kind of a Vancouver fan. I love watching Vancouver. I think they're a great, great team to watch. So it was kind of, in a way, it was a little disappointing for me. I was kind of like, oh, all right, man, dang, you know, San Francisco <laughs> Shock have this. So if they're, if I believe that they're a team that that's good, I just don't think Hangzhou match up at all. I don't, I don't like it either. I don't think, like you said, that they can match up with them. Um, to go back to that stage one grand finals, though, I, I actually thought San Francisco was going to win and should have won. So that that tells you how far they have come. They just got to learn to beat the best teams. And then it looks like I get my Sunday evening back. No need to tune in on this one. <laughs> <laughs> this will be Atlanta taking on the Guangzhou charge. I uh, it's a bottom. It's a battle at the bottom. I think the only real thing that this will tell us is whether or not Atlanta has fallen all the way down. Like, yeah, if if Atlanta drops this, they're they're bad. Like yeah. super bad. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that's really riding on. If Guangzhou, if Guangzhou win, I don't think it 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 doesn't really help them or hurt them for me. It, but if Atlanta loses, it definitely it means a lot more to it for me it means a lot more for atlanta and if they win if atlanta wins it also doesn't really mean that much to me so this is just really whether or not atlanta loses is is the only real impact that this match has for me and uh, i'm going to be taking atlanta to win but i'm not going to be tuned into it <laughs> i will I'll i will watch surely, the highlights later yeah i will surely be here watching it cuz it's just kind of what i do on sunday afternoons and evenings there's not much going on around here my wife is sleeping getting prepared to go back into work in the evening so i've got plenty of time on my hands to sit down and enjoy the the matchups but this one is not going to be as entertaining and captivating by any stretch of the imagination um pretty simple win a map and then i may consider you know calling a 3-1 victory <laughs> loss for you then win a win a match again and we can talk about picking you but give me atlanta uh they certainly can't afford to lose this And here we are at the end of our journey into the iris. We hope that this helps. We've been, well, we were aces in the hole on on week one. Week two wasn't quite as successful, but... Hold on, pause though. We really only had one bad day. True. When you look at that, 12 and four, one bad day. That's still a pretty decent week. Yeah, that's a 75% winning percentage we got going on here. We are definitely pulling ourselves into the the strong positives on the season for sure. Yeah. So we hope that uh, this helps you guys as you get into as you get into stage two, week three, and what to expect. And hopefully, we've done our analysis right and given you some really strong picks, some people to good, some good teams to root for. And if that is the case and you are enjoying this content and you are able to to enjoy some of these matches coming up a little bit more because you listen to us, then we think you should definitely subscribe to us because we're going to keep trying to do this throughout the entire season and in the next season and so on and so forth until our wives tell us that you're being ridiculous and you need to stop. Uh, if they're not saying it, I think they're thinking it already. Probably, especially as we're sitting here recording 
coming into one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> hey man, we work hard. That's all I know. But you can find us to subscribe across Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. We're available in all three of those platforms. Another way to connect with us would be on in Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Break It Down OWL is our is our handle, our tag. And you can connect with Brian directly at jwill2287. You can send us any emails you have with reviews, comments, questions, concerns, etc. to at break it down oh, <laughs> to break it down at gmail.com. Turns out our email is not a Twitter tag. Yes, it is not. <laughs> And with all that being said, you can look forward to a Power Ranks episode coming from us, which will hopefully get you completely prepared for Week 3 and what to expect. And then we hope that you truly enjoy the Week 3 games and that you'll join us again on the other side for a full recap.